It is Thursday, December 22nd. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm Scott Seidenberg. Thursday Night Football <laughs> kicks off week 16 and the Pro Bowl rosters get announced. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. Thursday night football will kick off week 16 in the NFL. The New York Jets hosting the Jacksonville Jaguars. The NFL Pro Bowl rosters were announced for the Pro Bowl games, skills competition, if you will, plus an injury to a starting quarterback in the league. What is the Vegas lead? It's A.J. Hoffman not being here. (laughs) Mackenzie Rivers is here. I'm here. You'll hear from R.J. Bell and Steve Fezzik. But A.J. Hoffman is sick under the weather. Was he officially spotted at the Rhino? Is that an official report? We not unconfirmed. Unconfirmed report. Unconfirmed. Allegedly. (laughs) Allegedly. No, but look, everything's going around. Everyone's getting sick. Fez was out. He missed the Dream Pod last week. So he was the first domino. Typhoid Mary, we call him. RJ was really under the weather, so he got hit hard. And, you know, he toughed it out. He came in into the podcast. And you've been sick? I've been sick. I'm here. <laughs> AJ. Uh, imagine that. AJ last, you know, I guess last night started feeling it. You know, did the show yesterday morning. And I don't know. I guess it got to a point where he just, he couldn't do it. He couldn't bring himself. That's okay. We hope that you feel better, AJ. I'm sure you're listening to this whenever you wake up because the fact that you're not doing the show this morning means you can sleep and get a full eight hours for the first time since we started doing this show. Uh, but the, the lead is going to be Thursday Night Football tonight. What's interesting about this game is the Jacksonville Jaguars, They forget about the fact that they're two-point dogs tonight. Their odds to win the AFC South, though, completely changed with the news that Ryan Tannehill is likely out for the remainder of the season. So, McKenzie, the odds before Tannehill were out, even though the Titans had lost four straight games, Tennessee was still favored to win the AFC South, correct? Yes, minus 140. And then after the news that Tannehill is likely out for the remainder of the year, Jacksonville all of a sudden becomes the favorite. It almost flipped exactly. Now Jaguars minus 145. Which is interesting because they're underdogs tonight. And I talked about Thursday Night Football between the Jets and the Jaguars uh, amongst a variety of topics, some of them having nothing to do with football. With a, our a challenge very own, was made. Yes, a challenge was made with our very own R.J. Bell. Good morning, R.J. Oh, I was jogging by again, you, saw the lights on. Relentless you are. Uh, I just, I would say like Rocky, but in when he was in L.A. in three. <laughs> okay. When Paulie was kind of mad. Yeah. I got a reputation to uphold. <laughs> I don't like these people. Well, <laughs> well, 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 maybe they don't like you. What I ever do to them? <laughs> the funny is, Burt Young, right? Yeah. He was a tough guy in all kinds, like in the Pope of Greenwich Village. He's like the main mob boss. Mm-hmm. He was a thumbbreaker in um, The Gambler, James Caan. Uh-huh. But he was like five foot four. Yeah. Then he was in The Sopranos. Yes. Bobby Bacala's dad. Yes. Mustang Sally went down. He's great. 
Paul is great. Uh, Thursday Night Football tonight. Jets hosting the Jaguars. Jets two-point favorites. Do you agree with this line? I see it's moving up a little bit, too, with some extra juice even. Um, the market is telling us that there's no difference between Mike White and Zach Wilson. And Zach Wilson. I don't know a soul that feels that. <laughs> Uh, so all the way from like the Mike Lombardi's of the world who enjoy or, or who have that NFL insight, but uh-huh. not the gambling insight, all the way to a guy like Faz, uh, professional gamblers. I don't know who could. I get the whole idea. We tend to overreact. But Zach Wilson was one of the worst rookie quarterbacks ever. Like, I mean, ever. And at one point, if I remember correctly, Sports Information Solutions, SIS, uh, who's a data provider? It's not mm-hmm. as public, but they got great data. They had the top. I think it would have been thirty-two, ninety. I guess ninety-six quarterbacks if you go three deep, and they had Zach Wilson like at ninety-four out of ninety-six. It's pretty bad. Like his next stop would be arena football. Yeah. And this year, when you're supposed to make the jump in year two, he hasn't made the jump, mm-hmm. and he's alienated his team. How, but we saw it. Mike White was expected to, at least there was a good chance he was going to play. Then it was announced otherwise, and the line didn't move. And then eventually it went, you know, money on the Jets. Mm -hmm. They lost again. Zach Wilson lost again. He did throw for 317 yards and two touchdowns, though. But those are counting stats. It really wasn't a good game. Um, If you look at the PFF grade for Zach Wilson, he's number 32 among starters. That's last. All right. QBR, he's 26th among starters. 26 and 32 does not make a good quarterback. Mike White, Mike White, for example, has a PFF grade of 73. Which would be 16th. All right. Zach Wilson, 50. I, you know, it's like QBR 49 versus 42. I mean, he's be- forget the team around him. Yeah. I don't know. Our numbers here at pregame make the Jaguars 0.8 better than the Jets. On a neutral. On a neutral. So if you give the Jets, I mean, what two are you for home them? if you're lucky. Yeah, two two points. This line still shouldn't be Jets. Yeah, they, I, I, too I, juiced. I think Jacksonville, there's the baggage that comes with them. As what, I mean, let's be honest. You could have taken a long nap and missed their one time in the sun this century. Uh-huh. Right? I mean, there was, I still remember they had the ball leading in the second half against the Patriots, they were favored in-game to go to the Super Bowl. Yeah. They haven't won another game since. <laughs> I mean, I don't think they have. Like was, three, maybe. Was last week's win against the Cowboys uh, a, a, a faulty win? I mean, no. they had the interception in overtime, but they played well enough, late in the game especially. Here's the thing. Jacksonville was one of the most favorite teams from the Wise Guys pretty much the whole year. Yeah. And... They lost some games they should have won early. And maybe they've won some games they should have lost. I think Baltimore specifically. It was a Herculean effort. Mm-hmm. I think that in amongst the intelligentsia or the commentariat, I guess they call it, people who comment on NFL, is there's a love for Trevor Lawrence that sickens me, to be honest. Because it's like he can do, at least up until a couple weeks ago, he could do 19 things wrong, one thing right. Did you see his footwork on that incomplete screen pass? The way he turns his hips. It's like, oh, I'd rather not watch football than hear that. <laughs> but, but the reality is he's playing really well. 
I mean, if we look at our composite rankings, and it is PFF and QBR, uh, this is on the season. Trevor Lawrence is tied for 10th. So he's ahead of uh, mm, Derek Carr, Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins, Tom Brady, Jimmy G, Tannehill, Aaron Rodgers, Kyler Murray, Stafford, Matt Ryan, Russell Wilson, etc. Oh, there's Zach Wilson at the bottom. So to me, the guy, but he's playing what double as good as he did earlier in the year. So mm-hmm. I don't, you know, well, Mackenzie, maybe just look at uh, EPA and look at um, since the ball. Uh, well, he probably played a no. He played horrible against Detroit. So go after the Detroit game. I mean, we're cherry picking here. Yeah, but let's just look at he drop back EPA. Do you think there's anything to the narrative here? Trevor Lawrence was the number one overall pick. Zach Wilson was the number two overall pick. There's certainly now, especially with everything that you've mentioned about the way Zach Wilson played last year and the way that he looked this year. There's a lot of people that believe, well, if the Jets just didn't win that game against the Rams two years ago, they would have had the number one overall pick and they should have had Trevor Lawrence and they would be better off right now. Like if you put Trevor Lawrence on the Jets right now, there's no doubt in my mind they're a playoff team. Oh, I mean... The question is, though, they could still be a playoff team with Zach Wilson, but with Trevor Lawrence, I don't think it's a discussion. How often do you have a team that doesn't have a quarterback and they do everything to compensate for it? And you think to yourself, the Browns were like this. I mean, the reason they, I think they made the Watson deal was they thought we have one of the top five non quarterback rosters in the league. Correct. Bring us a top five quarterback. We're the best team in the league. This is what Denver thought as well. And, it seems like there's an inverse correlation to some degree. The attention you spend, like, like Peyton Manning's probably the best, in my opinion, the best regular season quarterback of this century for sure. Better I than w- Tom Brady. I, w- I wouldn't argue. And he used to come out with a red pen, just telling them what to run, how much time to defend. You know, Tony Dungy's in the Hall of Fame. I don't get it. Right? I, I like, I actually like him on air because he's soft spoken. He's done it. I don't think he's a Hall of Fame coach. Maybe, maybe Peyton. Well, his thing is, I mean, pretty much the Tampa two is him, you know. So, listen, Dick LeBeau invented. I mean, a lot of people. I guess Dick LeBeau is in the Hall of Fame, but as a player, but uh, not getting off track. Yeah. The point I'm saying is that it never seems to work like that. Like with Brady, it's revisionist history. Mackenzie and I have a stat we bring up once or twice a year: first team Pro Bowl. Now that is not the. Um, oh wait, first all team pro. all pro, yeah. not the Pro Bowl, mm-hmm. and, and you know Andy Dalton and Mac Jones. <laughs> and you made a point on the podcast for the pick show. You made the point that hey, that's not without a game now. We won't have that. You won't have replacements. Yeah, yeah. But to me, the all pro is the most pristine thing you can get. Yes. And how many number ones did Peyton Manning have? How many number ones did the GOAT yeah. have? Now, these are regular season awards. Mm-hmm. I got the number in the back of my head. I think it's like eight to three. Mackenzie, you want to verify that? Seven to three. Seven to three. Yeah, doesn't surprise me. More than double. Yeah. Take the GOAT, double him. There's three years he was the best quarterback in the game. And there was seven that it was Peyton Manning. Mm-hmm. But somehow Brady was able to be the best quarterback who had a full team behind him. Yeah. And that isn't just Belichick. It's... The mentality. Mm-hmm. It was Brady would get yelled at in the film room, they said, as much as anyone. And to me, 
where else is that the case? Is that the case with Aaron Rodgers? Is that the case? Maybe Drew Brees a little bit, you know? But Sean Payton seems like a pretty hardcore coach, but doesn't take it out on the players. I mean, I don't know. I yeah. Play. But don't you think generally when you have a good quarterback, they run the franchise and it never seems to work out the way it should? It makes sense. Yeah, because if you really think about it, it, it's so skewed because Brady won half the Super Bowls for a while now. But, I mean, like, who else has won one? Peyton got his stray one, then he got the last one, which he gets credit for. Yep. Uh, Drew Brees got one. Aaron Mm -hmm. Rodgers got one. Everyone gets one, Mm -hmm. and then Brady gets seven. There's something to it. And I think it's he takes the pay cut. He's a team guy. This year was different. He took time off, you know, but he never did that before. No, never. I think that's part of the problem, meaning with a lot of these teams. But then when you don't have a quarterback, you can't win. So it's a catch-22. Absolutely. So the Jets have incredible defense. The roster seems to be ready. Yeah, it, it, Obviously, if they lose Brees Hall, who was on pace to be the offensive rookie of the year. But this team is on paper, with without the quarterback, a playoff team. And to, to their, he was to their detriment. They replaced him with Mike White. They look better. Now he comes they look in. way better. Yeah. Now he comes in. Well, they were averaging 28 points per game with Mike White, 29 points per game. And now his first game, you know, against the Lions, just 17 points. Now you oh, get the Jaguars he, he underperformed. here. Yeah. I mean, his counting stats were fine. But here's the question. Yeah, everyone knows a good quarterback, the Jets, are a playoff team. The question is, what kind of quarterback could come in there and be good Jimmy enough? Jimmy Garoppolo. Be good enough. Not to be a detriment. Jimmy now, Garoppolo. Well, the great Mike Shanahan, or the great Kyle Shanahan thinks, Cousin Kyle, as we call him around here, thinks that he wasn't sufficient for that. Three picks, three number ones to take a guy limping around on mm-hmm. a shattered ankle who everyone that knew anything said he was going to get hurt because he didn't run right. That he ran in a way that he was going to take big hits. And you can't do that in the NFL. So I, what I'm saying is Kyle rolled the dice when he had the guy you're dreaming about. Yeah. He kicked that girl out of bed for eating crackers, and you're hoping she comes around. I think I, I think you, you should re- feel depressed. I think, I think Jimmy, with reuniting with Mike LaFleur and, and Robert Sala, that, that's a good mix. They, he already knows the offense. He's got the whole come comfortability with the staff. He slides right in seamlessly to this Jets team and makes them a playoff contender next year. Um. I think that's all valid. The question is, does he does he win it, or is he can he win a Super Bowl? I don't know. So, what do you think about this game tonight? <laughs> I think I like the Jags. I think that this is an example where the stats have been there the entire year, and they're finally winning some games. They got confidence. They're enthused. I mean, remember, Urban Meyer was there last year, meaning this has been the first real ray of sunshine, the first love they've gotten. And by coincidence, they're on Thursday night. Now, it's a road game. I don't like that. But I think his number's a little high. All right, last two weeks, post-Jags-Lions game, Trevor Lawrence is the fourth-best quarterback in the league by EPA. Wow. I'll take that over uh, your boy. (laughs) I think I would, too. Uh, Let me ask you about one other game this week, which I think is fascinating. Um, The Eagles and the Cowboys. We know that the line completely shot up with the Jalen Hurts news, and it started to shoot up before it got public because, you know, guys like Fezzik and Vito and whatever, they got the information out there. So uh, everyone jumped to bet the Cowboys. The line skyrocketed. Now we hear Nick Sirianni say that Jalen Hurts has a chance to play, so maybe the line dips back a little bit. Okay. You don't think? He's being naive now. Yeah. 
I agree. I think Jalen Hurts does not play. Did you but get that reference? What? Who's being naive now? I no. said K. K. Godfather. Uh, when he goes visitor, he says, "But Michael, senators and presidents don't have people killed." Who's being naive now, K? Yeah. <laughs> You're K. I am. K. Adams. No. <laughs> no, you okay. know, you know he's not playing. I know he's not playing. But I, I think the bigger story, sorry to interrupt, the bigger story is the way some of these later markets, like the MVP market. Yes. He's expected to be out for, from what I can gather from the line movement for multiple weeks. Yeah, well, it makes no sense. If Once they wrap up the number one overall seed, what are you playing him for? Maybe no. play him for a half the last game of the season? The way to get better at football is play football. Yeah. Belichick never sat him. I agree. I, especially if you got to buy, who are you going to sit still, him for three I, weeks? I would. I said it on yesterday's SOVAM. I would buy in on Jalen Hurts at plus four fifty, plus five hundred to be the MVP. But that number is telling you he might not play the rest. of Correct, year, and he won't be the MVP if he doesn't. play. If he doesn't play, he's not going to be. So why play it at four fifty? Because he could play. He I could, think he, he could. could, and that's always the balance of yes. uncertainty. You're starting to understand gambling. Yes. But, yeah. This is my point on this game. <laughs> I'm not going to let you get out. Gardner Minshew is. In my opinion, one of the best backup quarterbacks in the NFL. I think he can start on a on a large number of teams. So, by uh, the way, AJ's tweeting. No way. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. so now he's tweeting. That's it. I, the geolocation said Hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, could, he he couldn't figure out why he hear the rest of the island. He just. <laughs> so <laughs> there's a real dispute going on yeah. here. Uh, I hope you have the guts to be honest about it. I will talk about it for sure. Um, I think Gardner Minshew and the Eagles can not only keep this game close with the Cowboys, but win this game. I I think taking the points is is the right move here with the Eagles. This is a game I'm torn on. Because on one hand, there's a massive trend. A massive trend. And it involves road teams that have an excellent record late in the year tend to just crap the bed. At a big rate, right? If you kind of tighten this trend up, you get to like one and 26 playing these teams. One winner, 26 losers. Now, I don't want to buck that. But if it weren't for that trend, I think Philly would be my favorite pick of the week because I'm a huge Minshew fan. I think he's maybe 22nd best quarterback on earth. Yeah, so you agree with me. He would be a starter on multiple teams. For sure. Yeah. It's not even a question. Yeah. He's better than Kenny Pickett. Now, where Kenny Pickett can go. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, he's, uh, I mean, the Jets would be a Super Bowl. I mean, I listen, I think the Jags, his second year, actually sabotaged them. They didn't want, they had him on the shelf for longer. Yeah. You think about that. Yeah. They were, they were tanking, it seems to me. Uh-huh. And we have only his rookie year. He's had three years of practice since, and and now a full year plus in Philly with that offensive line. I think he'd be he'd be an MVP candidate. Maybe, maybe I'm going a bit far there. Minshew mania. I tell so, you this. I I think I'd rather him than Jimmy G. Or he'd be right there. Not because Jimmy G's got experience. Yeah, but and he'd be right. Incredible win loss record. But if Jimmy G were healthy, I'd take Jimmy G. With the injury propensity of Jimmy G, I'm not even sure. But this trend is so strong that it's really back and it, it's really yeah, it's, it's, pushing it's you. One in like twenty six, and it's Damn. like and it's like eight points a game. Here's the thing: most of the time, the best bet on any given game on the side is no bet mm-hmm. because when you have to lay minus one ten, there's going to be three or so. I think three is fair to say. Matters what numbers they are that are dead numbers. Meaning, if the line is truly God's number, 
the right number, four, four and a half, or five. Four, four and a half, or five. So we got a spread of one point, three half ticks. That is getting to the edges of the minus 110 on both sides because those are about seven, six cents each, 20 cents straddle, minus 110, minus 110. So you've got to be, there's going to be, it's almost like playing bot, not bocce. You, you probably know bocce, sure. right? A New York guy. Mm-hmm. But like beanbagger, what was that? Cornhole, right? Sure. It, oh, I'm good at that. Gee, you don't want me in that. Let me just, I think you're a type of think you're good at it. See, exactly. Here's the thing I'm good at. I am good at random games like that. Like then, I'm, I'm darts, break. darts, bowling, cornhole, shuffle. How, how about how about pitching quarters? Yeah, I can all right. do it all. So how about this? We do a pitching quarters, okay. cornhole. Yep. And I'll let you pick one. But it, the like, Catalan. <laughs> no. Yeah. But, but it, so not like bowling. It would have to be no. Like, it would like have darts to be or something. No, nothing no. that there's like like people do it like for championships. Well, they like, do that for cornhole too. No, not really. I mean, like beer pong is like that too. But what I'm saying is. Pitching court, something that just, or if you want to shoot, you said you can shoot threes, right? Or shoot pool? I'll, I, I shoot pool. I, I'll accept that. Threes, basketball, not anymore. All right. So we'll go pool, okay. pitching quarters, cornhole. But I think if we're doing bar games, then I have to include darts. No, because I'm not doing anything that I can't play darts. That's I don't, I've never, I never, I'm saying games that I, that we're both competitive in. Fine. So pool. I'll, I'll yeah. do billiards with it's you. That's fine. fine. Well, pool, not billiards. <laughs> All right. We'll do those three. Nine ball or eight ball. What are we doing? Oh, eight balls only. Well, nine balls the true game. No, it's not. It's, so it's actually it the opposite of a true game. Why? Because if you're really good, I mean, like professional level or borderline professional, yeah. it is a true game. But with everyone else, most of your runs when you have to go in sequence are going to be three or four balls at the most. I mean, occasionally you're going to have more, mm-hmm. and that's it's whoever misses the eight. You know, on the eight and, and the, you, ever, you ever see uh, pool hall junkies? Yes. Incredible movie with Christopher Walken. It actually was at uh, Cine Vegas, the film festival here. It did its world premiere, yeah. Really? Yeah. Incredible movie. He's, uh, the guy goes up to him and he's like, uh, you play pool? And he's like, how do you know? He goes, you have a crease in your pants. Christopher Walken goes, well, I don't know if I would like to be friends with a guy who notices a crease in my pants. <laughs> well, that's interesting. Now, I will say, I will say th- <laughs> I will say this: You are straying away from the 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 idea of this bet. Okay. Should, should we take it that you kind of realize you probably are going to be outgunned, or <laughs> maybe? I, what did you say the first day I came in here? I don't know. Don't cross you, me. <laughs> you said you only make a bet when you know you can win it. Yeah, when I know I can win. Yes. Doesn't mean I'm always going to win. I've lost bets before, but still. I lose a lot that, of bets. But the, the fact that you're willing to make the bet should concern me. It should. It should. But if you're confident, then that's where the bet happens. Yeah. Everyone the bets thinks they're going to win. I'm not going to shy away from action ever. All right. So let's do this. Mackenzie, what do you think? We do, um, I think we do 300 per event. Okay. Side bets? No, let's do this. Two hundred per event, five hundred dollars for the, overall. If you win two out of the three, yeah, okay. So that if someone sweeps, they can win eleven. Sure, but chances are, you know, yeah. Now I think we we film this. This could be good. I like it. It could be embarrassing for you. We'll but see. now, see, now I'm trying to psych you out because you think <laughs> I'd slow play it now. Who you got, Mackenzie? I got you. I got you, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The I say, don't. This ain't no, uh, you know. Ohio bars or Pittsburgh suburb bars here. You know, I've been in Vegas for 23 (laughs) years. I hope you know. I tell you this. I could shoot pool in the day. 
Yeah. I mean, not professional, but I was the, in any random bar, I was probably the best shooter, but for sure, not always, right? I came to Vegas. There was like a tournament, like at, at Cheers, right? I didn't play, I just was watching. Like the guys that were, and it wasn't a professional tournament. It was uh -huh. like winner takes 125 bucks or something. The guy, I remember I was playing with one guy just after, he was probably the best player I ever played with. I go, how good are you compared? He goes, oh, he goes, I'm probably a little below 50%. And I go, how many people in this town are on this circuit? He goes, like 300. <laughs> so he's like the 170th best player yeah. in Nevada, and he's probably the best player I ever saw. So in Vegas, got some pool players, let me tell you. No, I haven't uh, played in a while. I, yeah, I haven't. I haven't shot pool yeah, more been, than an hour in the last ten years. Probably. But there was a tournament one time, uh -oh. my freshman year of college, in my dorm room. My dorm room had a, a pool table downstairs. So it was like thirty years ago. Not that long ago. <laughs> and there was a tournament, and uh, let's just say I was the only one that showed up with my own cue. Now that, is that is that something you're proud of? Oh, it's, I'm very proud of it. Had they, the case and everything. Because they would say, <laughs> broke it out. <laughs> Screwed it together. Had it, my own cue. Is it a balabushka? <laughs> Wouldn't don't know. That that that's the fan. That, that, those are hand. Uh, in, used, used to be a store, the, the game room store. I don't know if you ever heard of that. Used to be, they used to sell pool tables and stuff. To where I bought my in, cue in the city. It was in Jersey. Yeah. yeah. What's cool? Well, no, Jersey's not the city. <laughs> What's cool is almost every great hobby shop. Like if it's pool, if it's darts, if it's whatever books. The best place, like the Strand, the best place on earth probably is New York, you know, where like it's the center of it. Like the best place to buy a certain shirt is going to be, you know, yeah. and other than Hollywood and stuff, anything, you know, you got to love that about Manhattan. You know, I still think about, I love Manhattan so much, but I think about, um, there's a place you probably know, Il Molino's, right? Which is an Italian place, which mm -hmm. is like eight seats in, in Midtown or not Midtown, but it's like between the village and Midtown, right? Maybe in the teens. And um, the only time we could get, me and my buddy George were there years ago, and Il Molino had opened in Vegas. They have a second location, okay. right? But this is like 300 seats. So it's the whole homemade stuff there, you know. And we could get like a 245 lunch because they had like, they leave a couple, and we didn't go because it was so late. We were, I get hungry. But... If you wanted just a normal reservation, it was four months. Wow. So to have an Italian place that you got to order, you know, plan four months ahead. Now, if you're rich, I'm sure there's people that got that, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just love that. It's like the best in the world go there. Mm -hmm. And the internet's changing. You know, people don't gravitate to the big cities as much, but still, I love it. I'm, je I'm jealous you spent so much time in the city. I mean, you wouldn't have been as cool the things you do as I would have done, but still, <laughs> for your like, what was your favorite thing that you could only do in New York? Oh, that you can only do in New yeah, York? Like, it was like, cause you were in New York, it was better, you know? Uh, well, I mean, last pizza? calls, last calls 4 a.m. Um, well, last call, he doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, I guess pizza too, but I guess just the idea of, you know, you could literally go to. And I guess you do. You could do it in L.A. too, but you can go to a comedy club on a random Tuesday night, and yeah. all of a sudden, like Chris Rock, someone Chris Rock walks in and just wants to get a couple minutes on stage. You know, like you just never know who's gonna. You, so Louis C.K. was big. Yeah, last, yeah. yeah. Like, like I used to like. You know, you go to like a, you, you go to like the comedy store. You go somewhere in the city, and, and all of a sudden, like, you just, yeah, like I say, you never know who's gonna drop in, and they're all next to each other too, so you can go from one to another. So I think the the stand up comedy scene is something that you know in New York City is just incredible. Now I would say that from what I read about, 
And there was a book, there was a, a, a show on Showtime called I'm Dying Up Here. Love that show. Yeah, I did too, actually. But that was based on the, the, the store, as they call it, where Letterman came up and Leno came up and Robin Williams came up. Mm -hmm. And um, there's a book based that they based the series on that's awesome. Uh, one of the guys Letterman was really close to killed himself. And it, it was funny, on like 20 years later on Letterman, it came up. And he talked about it. But I always got a sense L.A. had a slightly more burgeoning scene when it came to the comedy club. Sure. But New York, I think, right but there. But New York, do you ever, um, what was the show? Um, it was on HBO. It was um, with uh, Pete Holmes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That did, was good. Did the stand-up show. Leaving or something it was called. Crashing. Crash, yeah. Crashing. Yeah. Where that, I think, really told the story of what the New York stand-up scene is like. Where I you're, think that's you're, good. That's you're a busking good on the corner, just trying to get people to come in with your flyer just so you can finally, uh, you know, so you can get stage time. Like, I think that those stories are incredible. Did you know AJ wanted to be a professional comedian at one point? I wanted to be a professional comedian at one point. But I, I got really good bits, too. We're talking about AJ. I might do an open mic. You do, your imitations are pretty good. I don't know if I do imitations, but maybe maybe you I do yeah. Rocky. It's, yeah, it's the most famous yeah. thing you ever done in your life. <laughs> I mean, when you die, it's going to be in the obituary. Yeah. No, but I, I will say this: I knew AJ. It was so funny. I knew him for a couple weeks, and one day he goes, "Yeah, I wanted to be a comedian." I go, "What?" what? He goes, He's "A professional comedian." I go. I've known you for weeks. You haven't made me laugh one time. <laughs> You're a newsman, right? <laughs> a newsman. But uh, to close our debate, and you notice he's steering clear of our triathlon if we do I've already it. accepted the bet. All right. Uh, you have? I have Perfect. accepted the bet. This is what I'll say to you in closing. There's no way you can beat him. Nobody's beat him in 15 years. He's the best in the country. <laughs> From the hustler. Thank you, RJ. <laughs> it's actually applicable, if you don't mind, for 10 seconds. That's the guy. Who, when Fast Eddie Phelps and Paul Newman walks in with a leather satchel, mm -hmm. says, you want to shoot pool? He goes, I don't shoot pool with a guy that comes into a pool room with a leather satchel. <laughs> you probably scared away a few people. Yeah. You didn't care. No. Mackenzie, a different kind of hustler we got here. Different different kind, different breed. Thanks, hey, RJ. Thanks, bud. The NFL announced its Pro Bowl rosters. Coming up for the Pro Bowl games that will take place here in Las Vegas. The Eagles lead the NFL with eight selections to the Pro Bowl. I believe the Dallas Cowboys and the Kansas City Chiefs also had seven players named to the Pro Bowl. Mackenzie, I want to ask you about something because there's a noticeable snub mm. from the NFC roster. Christian McCaffrey was not named to the Pro Bowl. And this is not like any other year where because there's a Pro Bowl game and guys don't want to play or injuries or the Super Bowl contestants clearly don't participate in the Pro Bowl, that there's going to be replacement players named. No, 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 no. These are the Pro Bowl rosters. That's it. So no Christian McCaffrey. I assume that he would have a bonus in his contract like all these players do. So no bonus. Mm. But do you think he plays with a chip on his shoulder this coming weekend? I do. Christian McCaffrey, son of Ed McCaffrey, former Bronco, great. His mother is like an Olympic uh, hero. So one of the most athletic people on the face of the earth. He's got energy to spare. And he was he said he was relieved at the end of the Seahawks game to not play the final snaps. I think he's going to come back with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. I do. Yeah, so I would look, you know, the, the 49ers, what, seven-point favorites over the Commanders? Yeah. I would look at maybe McCaffrey props. 
How, how does Washington do against the run? If we look at their EPA and we look at them against the run, the commanders sit— They're 13th right now. 13th against the run? Yeah. All right. So not great. Middle not of the road. Yeah. But the thing is, McCaffrey, it's not just about running, too. No. It's the receiving numbers as well. Averaging 67 yards on the ground, 45 yards in the air for the 49ers. How does that guy not make the Pro Bowl? Most important player, arguably, in their seven-game win streak, not making the Pro Bowl. So I have the stats here on this. Uh, I wrote this down to get ready for the dream preview when we were talking about this game. Since getting Christian McCaffrey full-time in Week 8, the 49ers are 7-0 and straight up, 6-1 and against the spread. And you say full-time because they did lose the game where he was there for like two days. And he yeah. The Chiefs. yeah, yes. So to me, he is such an important piece of this offense. I think it's the greatest acquisition we've seen in some time because he's, he could help them win a Super Bowl. Uh, I don't see – oh, here we go. Rushing, receiving props. McCaffrey rushing props, 77 and a half. Too high. I look for the combo, I think. Yeah, that's not up yet. All right. But I would look for you're right. If what do you think they would post that at? A hundred and something, maybe? Yeah, hundred and ten. Hundred and ten combined. Yeah. I think he's good for like sixty and sixty. Maybe just the passing yards because I feel like it's a little less brutal. I mean You the, mean just the receiving yeah, yards? Yeah, just the receiving yards, because a lot of people say, Oh man, I don't want to see him running up through the middle. I don't think my cousin Kyle uh, you know, listens to the to the chirp birds, but I do think somebody in that franchise is thinking you know, we can win a Super Bowl if he's upright. We need him to be upright. So yeah. running up the middle, a little different than, you know, one of those Marshall Falk, you know, fade patterns to the corner. A little less, a little safer, I think. I got a beef to pick with your uh, your cousin in the 49ers. Well, I'm going to be uh, I'm gonna, uh, be at the Raiders game. Uh, I'll, I'll ask him, what's your question? So I got, a, I got eliminated from my fantasy football playoffs last week. Now I had the highest projected point total going into the week. Oh, I love that. You got the – I have the highest. Favored? I have the I was, I, I was favored. In my matchup, and I would be favored this week, mm. and I would be favored next week as well. My team just has the highest projected for all the playoff games. And I lost by six points last week. Now, yes, I did have Justin Herbert as my quarterback, who did not throw a touchdown pass for just the second time this mm. season. I think the second time in his career. Yeah, uh, that was only, rough. Titans are the he, most banged-up secondary, yep, yep. too. He only had four fantasy points. You were counting your money. But also, one of my starting wide receivers, Brandon Ayuk, did absolutely nothing. Wasn't even involved in the game plan. I think he had one target. He had one catch. Like he got 29 yards or something like that. Or one catch. I don't even Whatever he did. He did have a drop. Purdy hit him over the middle. Well, what's the deal? Ayuk's been, he's been great every week. He's their leading receiver. He had nothing. It was all George Kittle. Why Kittle, not Ayuk? Because the Seahawks are one of the worst defenses against the tight ends. And, uh, you know, the analytics department at the 49ers said, we're going to attack him right up the middle. Ayuk, not a pro bowler. <laughs> no. And neither is Christian McCaffrey. But route running, he's probably the best wide receiver on the 49ers. Underrated. Yep. So uh, the Pro Bowl selections for the San Francisco 49ers, because they definitely did get some. I haven't heard this. We should have, like, all of our guys. We should have our fullback, wide receiver. Here we go. Back. Trent Williams? Definitely. Kyle Juszczyk? Fullback. Harvard. Good guy. George Kittle? I think Christian McCaffrey's had a way better year than George Kittle. Both maybe should be, make there, but Christian McCaffrey's had a way better year than George Kittle. Yeah, I, I do not understand why George Kittle. Nick Bosa? He's a good blocker. Uh, Nick Bosa, Defensive Player of the Year, now favored. Fred Warner? Probably our second-best defensive player. And Talanoa Hufunga. Really? Not Trevavius Ward. Both both deserve it, but okay. 
cool. Yeah, so Christian McCaffrey, notable snub, as well as Dre Greenlaw, notable snub for the San Francisco 49ers. I had an interesting conversation with Steve Fezzik, the only two-time winner of the Super Contest. Two-time. Two-time. Two-time winner earlier because Fez, I wanted to ask him, he's always good at giving betting lessons. You know, I feel like I've learned so much from Fez ever just being around him and just interacting with him, uh, you know, every week or multiple times a week for the length of time that I've been working here at pregame. And he had said something interesting when we were recording the Dream dream Preview uh, last night. And so I said, you know what, Fez, let me get more on this because I want to pick your brain about it. I think you're going to enjoy this conversation with Steve Fezzik. Good morning, Fez. Good morning, Scott. How are you? You had mentioned something to me, and I, I was—I wanted to get you on SOVAM. I mean, we do this every week to get you on, but I wanted to talk to you about bets that you would, I don't want to say mock, but you would rip up if somebody showed them to you. Explain this to me further and what you're talking about. Give me the context here. The context is I have managed, been the key guy or one of the key guys managing several betting syndicates. Mm-hmm. We all, we're all successful. We won, and ultimately, several of the guys that worked for me went on to do their own syndicates. You know, um, But the number one thing that we always prioritized, emphasized, closing line value. CLV, you got to beat sure. the closing line. So by almost by definition, some people treat betting the NFL like it's a final exam. So they're going to study all week, and then they're going to go in. And on take Saturday, the test on Sunday. Take the test on Sunday. Yeah. And by definition, you've already failed, in my opinion, walking into the test. And the reason being, it's much more like a scavenger hunt. And there's a limited number of items that you can secure before you can't go to the library. Someone's going to rip that page out of the book with the answer, and then you're not going to be able to find the mm-hmm. answer. And where I'm going, like, I, I can use numerous examples, but um, if you're on my betting group and you showed me uh, this week Houston, Tennessee, and you showed me Houston plus seven, well, you're going to get a nice fat bonus because you know you caught the the, the first news about um, you know the Tannehill injury uh-huh. and, and her, him perhaps not going, and you could ride that train down to even all the way down to plus four. If you now if you show me a ticket like, hey, I got Houston, you know, plus three, plus one hundred five, I'm beating the current number. It's like, you know what? You're just not working hard enough. You're not trying hard enough. And mm. and same thing with Philly Dallas. You show me a ticket with Dallas minus one. You know, promotion city. We're going to put you in charge of East Coast <laughs> operations. You show me a ticket with Dallas minus three, minus one sixty-five. All right, you know you're doing a nice job. You show me Dallas minus four, or Dallas minus six, or Dallas minus six. You're fired. You, you, you suck at this. You have no idea what you're doing. You know, it's like like literally, um, you're getting to it so much later than everyone else who's getting the information. And conversely. You show me a ticket. All right, Fez. Well, how about I got I got Philly plus four and a half. The same thing, you know, t- total garbage. It's like you need Philly plus yeah. six. You need to be able to monitor these lines twenty four seven and get the best of the number. Ideally, you're not always going to beat the closing number, but usually beat the closing number. In this case, you might well get the Philly plus six again because when Hertz gets announced out, the donk donk dunk, bing bong betters are going to go. Oh, Hertz is out, and they're going to bet Dallas knee jerk, mm-hmm. not realizing it's already priced in. So. What would you say to the people that are afraid of betting early because instead of winning the CLV race, they're losing it? Would you recommend then, well, then that's how you that's how you make money because now you bet at the other side or you have a middle opportunity, correct? Yeah. Well, the key is is that, you know, like an animal house, get get a copy of the test, you know, before 
the uh, the test is actually given out. In other words, get the information before it becomes widely available, mm-hmm. and then you, it's almost by definition you know you're going to win. You know, for a, example, um, there's a couple big names out there in the middle, early in the morning that release their college basketball plays. Can you imagine how profitable it would be to get those plays 10 minutes before they actually released, knowing that they're going to move two points? Who cares if they win? Irrelevant. You know, if I can play over 130, and I know that total is going to be 134 in six minutes, how much, you know, what's my bet size? You know, a whole lot, you know, over 130. Just um, getting the best of the number is the number one thing. And somewhat, it's slightly overrated now. In terms of people think, oh, if I laid, if I if I play over one thirty two and it closes one thirty three, I'm going to win. Like it's some some magic panacea mm-hmm. that getting one point the better of it on total is like this huge edge. It's not, but um, the number one thing that distinguishes long term winning betters is that they do get the best of the closing line value and a whole lot of it going back to Wall Street, the movie. Gordon Gecko starts screaming at Charlie Sheen, who's been up all night analyzing all these games, <laughs> and he's 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 like, God damn it! He says, you stop gathering this information, you start getting me some. In other words, you get it before somebody else. What would you say to somebody that has a Dallas minus one ticket and a Philadelphia plus six ticket? They're they're, they're probably listening to me and like, I'm already doing this, Fez. I don't need you. You know, I got the memo. I'm aware. I'm following. I'm not just following Adam Schefter. I'm following like a hundred different guys on Twitter and I'm connected with wise guys. And that's what I do for a living. So, of course, I've got that. Yes. What's the best? How many points of a middle would you need in order to be a smart bet? Uh, depends on the sport, but let's let's talk about just, just straight straight football is complicated because of, okay. there's key numbers. All right, so let me do college basketball because it's clean. Okay, okay. same with NBA. Uh, a point and a half for a middle on on a side, so you can lay six and a half, take eight. That's really good. It's fine to lay twenty three, take twenty four and a half. That's profitable also because each half point is worth about eight cents, and they're they're slightly different, but it doesn't matter. It's close enough. Point and a half mm-hmm. on sides, two points in total, so you get an over an, an over one sixty and under one sixty two. You're good. You're, you, you've got the best of it. You've got a small edge. Okay. What about the NFL when it when it is a key number? I assume it's more valuable, obviously. When it's not a key number, spread goes from four to six. Is that value? Yeah. Those two a, points. A, a minus four plus six is slightly, ever so slightly profitable. It's not as good as you think, though. But it would be much better if it was a minus two plus four. It w- yes, in fact, it would be much better if it was a minus two and a half plus three and a half. That's, yeah. that's very profitable. A minus a two and a half and a plus three is actually a slightly negative EV. Ten years ago, it was positive. Now it's slightly negative because of all these two point conversions, missed extra points, missed extra points, and nonsense. So more games are landing one and two. Fewer games are landing three. It's still, I mean, obviously, it's still very important on or off the three. It's probably worth about, I would say, maybe I got it. I had it eighteen cents to start the year. I'm thinking more like 16 and a half cents. Although I will say this, the Chargers and Titans disagree from last week. <laughs> 17, 14 Chargers. What about in a week like this? How much does the totals, how much value can you find on the totals with a week like this where we got, you know, five games that are going to be played in frigid temperatures? Yeah, and key numbers all over the place. So, you know, you look at the Bears total. It's like 41, such a key number. Again, it's like, don't want no under 40 and a half. I want under 40. Because that's what, 24, 17. Yes, yeah. four touchdowns, three field goals, yeah. and it's such a key number that not getting that 41 really, really hurts. But, you know, across the board, we saw it, um, and I've never seen, frankly, 
such a fast movement on totals in the NFL. Used to be, you know, early in the week, Tuesday or Wednesday, they'd trickle a little bit. And now you're just seeing, look, look, look at the Thursday night game, the Jags, Jets. It's like people were on top of the precipitation forecast right off the bat and nailed that under from the get go. That's wild. Um, I know we talked about this on the Dream Pod, but. The weather in Miami, I'm a big proponent of fading cold weather teams like the Green Bay Packers who played in frigid temperatures last week, now travel down to South Beach. The fact that it's only 50-somewhat degrees with a little bit of rain in the forecast, not as big of a home field advantage for the Dolphins, correct? Yes, and we spoke about that, you know, on an earlier pod, and basically we concluded— you know that we've identified Miami as, as 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 it being a really solid situational spot because of the weather. It turns out it's the situation that Miami, with um, two extra days of rest, yeah. is really the key edge in that. Game. And being at home versus on the road, where they're so much better at home, and of course, a uh, little home cooking after three straight road games. A little so. more fun to go out in South yeah. Beach in the fifties <laughs> than to go to. Um, what do you do in Green Bay? You know, I just think you go to what, what, what's one of the chain? What some comfort in and. You know, and have a drink at the bar. I don't even I don't even know what you do in Green Bay. Pretty sure they brew their own beer. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Fez. Thank you. Mackenzie, while you're sitting in here, let's talk a little hoops. Uh, I know there's just two games on the schedule tonight. We'll get your thoughts on that in just a second. But last night we had the Knicks see their eight-game winning streak snapped, losing to the Raptors. Pascal Siakam, 52 points in that game last night. That uh, doesn't seem like a usual occurrence for him. It's not a usual occurrence for the Knicks. I mean, usually against forwards defensively, Tom Thibodeau's as good as anybody building that wall. But Pascal Siakam's had a – yeah, he won most improved player. He's so much better than when he won that that year. He could win the award, award again. Uh, I used to scoff when people called him top ten, but he's not that far away from him. He's improved tremendously all parts of his game. What do you think about the Knicks now playing on Friday against Chicago and any thoughts about their early Christmas Day yes. game against Philadelphia? Yes. I had Philly minus three-and-a-half, three-star play on pregame.com in September. I mm-hmm. love that play. I thought it was going to be seven by the time we got around here. I thought the Sixers were going to be so much better. Knicks are you know, an average team. Well, Sixers aren't that much better. And they actually lost Tyrese Maxey, who Joel Embiid says is their best player. You know, he says that facetiously maybe, or maybe he's been really good. I'll give him that. And the Knicks, right when I needed to bet against them, they've won seven in a row. So uh, I apologize if you played that minus three and a half because it's not going to be there. Uh, on the road, Philly's still a, consist- a significantly better team, but it's going to be closer to pick them. Philly minus one and a half. So I got, I got some bad CLV on my, on my card. Here. Do you think, what do you think about fading the Knicks on Friday? Because the focus is going to be on the Christmas day game. And who they play on Friday, the bulls at home against Chicago. Yeah. Yes. Chicago. They just won against Atlanta. They're pulling their season around. I still think they're all in because they know they're about to get blown up. If they do lose a couple games mm. for the Knicks, the big game is going to be on Christmas day. Yeah, so I, I feel like the big, it's a bigger game for the bulls. I'd look that way. We'll talk more about the Christmas day game a little later on this week, uh, maybe on Friday morning, our last show before the Christmas holiday, but having worked many of those Knicks noon starts on Christmas day good. and they all go under. Oh, that's a good. That's a good point too. But uh, one of the reasons I was on the Sixers is because how bad the Knicks historically do. But you're saying the trend on the under is even stronger. They all. I don't know the numbers, but well, I'm telling you, I've worked six of those games. There's early <laughs> NBA games every now and then, maybe once a couple of weeks, like before twelve. Unders, unders, unders. If it's in LA, 
I know the Clippers, I know this offhand, 58% over the last like hundreds of games when it starts early. It makes kind of sense they're not really woken up yet. Maybe they were clubbing the night before. Uh, NBA players live a lavish lifestyle, and they generally don't have the pace when the game starts before 1 o'clock Eastern. Yeah, and, and we'll, we'll have to look at this, and we'll get you all the numbers. As like again, We'll talk about this on Friday, but I'm telling you, I've worked many of those games at Madison Square Garden, the Knicks. Sleepy. Uh, sleepy start on Christmas yes, morning. They they seem to all go under. Uh, what do you think about the two games coming up on tonight's schedule? You got the Spurs at the Pelicans, New Orleans eight-point favorites, and the Wizards at the Jazz, Jazz six-and-a-half-point favorites. The Pelicans were so bad last year without Brandon Ingram, and it looked like they might have turned it around, but that balloon has been popped. They've lost, you know, Four out of the last five games or whatever, don't have the numbers exactly. So the fact that they're only eight-point favorite, the market is very souring on New Orleans without maybe their best player. Zion, definitely the most stylish, best stats, but Brandon Ingram. Sometimes you need that Swiss Army knife to get to get a bucket in the half court. They don't have that right now. And what about the Jazz over the Wizards? Wizards, I would look to fade because they had a huge win in Phoenix, catching the Suns in a kind of a sandwich spot. Uh, I think anytime you get an upset win on the road and then you're on the road again as a dog, uh, you might pack it in a little early. I would look at the Jazz minus six and a half. Is Laurie Markkinen really the best player for this Jazz team? Oh, man. I, I'm not going to get off on my 20 minutes high rate on Laurie Markkinen. <laughs> the, the, the fall and the rise of my man Laurie Markkinen, he was better in Chicago than he got credit for. But uh, he's pretty good. He's a, he's a top 50 player. Let's take a look at the NHL schedule for tonight as the NHL does get closer and closer to its holiday break. Uh, but we have a large schedule tonight, starting with the Flyers at the Maple Leafs, Toronto, minus 305. That's a big line. Uh, the Jets at the Bruins, Winnipeg, uh, who is, uh, you know, a sizable underdog here against the best home team in the NHL, as the Bruins are 17 0 2 at TD Garden. Islanders are at the Rangers in the Battle of New York, and New York. Rangers, minus 165. Capitals at the Senators. Washington, minus 115. Hurricanes at the Penguins. Pittsburgh, minus 125. The Kraken are at the Canucks. Seattle, minus 120. Flames at the Kings. Calgary, minus 115. And the Wild, uh, second out of a back-to-back. They beat Anaheim 4-1 yesterday. Uh, now they are in uh, San Jose to take on the Sharks. And Minnesota, minus 160. Hope you enjoyed this episode of uh, S-O-V-A-M. If you did, tweet at AJ and tell him that he wasn't missed at all. Nah, I'm teasing. Uh, we, we love AJ, and we hope he feels better soon. Hopefully he's back tomorrow morning. But, hey, we all get sick from time to time. There's so much stuff going around now, Mackenzie. It's like you got the hospitals are overrun with there's still COVID. Right? That's right. still going on. You got the seasonal flu, and then you got this RSV crap that's going around. Sounds bad. There's a lot of stuff, and we hope that you don't catch any of it. So stay safe, stay healthy, and take 20% off at pregame.com. And yesterday we gave out the promo code HOLLY, and I thought that it was clever that, you know, AJ was like, Holly Jolly. And then I started singing, It's a Holly Jolly Christmas. So for today, let's use the promo code Jolly. Jolly 20, J-O-L-L-Y 20, 20% off for you, the listeners of Straight Out of Vegas AM. Go to pregame.com, pick up a daily best bet package or a weekender package or the holiday all-access package that's available now. Take 20% off using the promo code Jolly 20. For Mackenzie Rivers, 
RJ Bell, Steve Fezzik, and a sick AJ Hoffman. I'm Scott Seidenberg. We are straight out of Vegas. AM.